Welcome. This is Salty Therapy, and my name is Tammy. I'm a licensed clinical social worker with a private practice. However, this podcast is not intended to be used in place of professional treatment. It is intended for encouragement, information, and entertainment. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, and my name is Tammy, um, and I realized that I took an unintentional week off from my podcast. It was not um, a conscious decision, but it happened, and I trust God in the timing. And what happened was I was doing some self-care. I took some time off from life in general and just did a lot of playing and spending time with friends and family, and it was well-needed, well-deserved, and it's actually brought us to this place where today I'm going to talk about a visual concept related to self-care that I've named an emotional bank account. So with any other bank account that you have, If all you do is make withdrawals and don't make deposits, you're going to end up overdrawn. And then chances are the consequences for that are going to be expensive and uncomfortable. So the same is true for our emotional bank account. We make deposits into our bank account naturally with decisions that we make, um, and then we need to make Um, deposits that are conscious choices, right? So deposits can include getting a good night's sleep, very important on so many levels, not just for your mental and emotional health, but also for your physical health. In fact, it's been shown that um, when trying to lose weight and get healthy, um, sleep is very and a very important component to that. Uh, this is the time when your body is regenerating, uh, when your mind is regenerating. If you are having trouble sleeping, then it's something you need to look at in terms of sleep hygiene, how you have your room set up. Uh, do you need to make a list of things that you need to remember the following day so your brain isn't trying to run through those all night? Do you need to talk something out? Do you need to work on a good bedtime routine? So a good night's sleep, eating healthy. Let's keep the caffeine down in the later part of the day, certainly at evening. Uh, let's decrease the sugar that we have in our diet. Sugar is in many, many, many things. It's not just that white stuff that you sprinkle into your coffee. Um, so having an awareness of that. Um, if you tend to have heartburn or digestive issues, then watch what you're eating in the evening so that that's not interrupting your sleep. Uh, medication management. Take your medication as prescribed. Um, I have an, I call it my old lady pill box. So I have my pills for the week that are, you know, separated out. They sit on my bathroom counter so that when I brush my teeth in the morning, when I brush my teeth at night, it's right there in front of me. And so it's very hard for me to forget to take it. Um, if I left the pill bottles in my drawer, I would completely forget. So figure out what works best for you. 
having a positive support system is a deposit that is um, so important. This is some place that you can go and feel safe in talking about what's going on in your life, that you can seek counsel, that you can seek prayer, that you can seek support. Maybe you just need a good laugh and you need some downtime. And there's that one or two friends, girlfriends, guy friends that you have that that you know you can trust to say, let's just not take life so seriously today. Let's play your spiritual fitness. I'm always going to come to this, uh, getting right with God, being, being in, being in the word, being in prayer, uh, reading your devotionals, uh, practicing gratitude, really making sure that, that, that spiritual lining up is where it needs to be. Keeping your regular doctor's appointments is a deposit taking care of your body, having your normal uh, blood work, having your yearly mammograms, getting your colonoscopies if you're old enough for that, uh, having regular physicals. These things are important. If you're feeling sick, if you are you know, a week into having sinus pressure, go to the doctor and get it checked out. If you're not taking care of your physical health, then your body is going to naturally start talking back to you. And it's going to result in uh, not getting a good night's sleep. It's going to result in nutritional deficiencies. It's going to result in fatigue and muscle pain, perhaps headaches. That's These are all things that are going to take away from your quality of life. So keeping those regular doctor's appointments, this is an investment. And that's what putting deposits into an account is for. It's an investment in yourself. Hobbies. I just mentioned having a support system that you can go to and just play and have fun. Hobbies are such an amazing way of decompressing, uh, returning to some of your youthful energy. It can challenge your brain if it's a new hobby. Um, it can be something that's meditative. Right now, I am into sketching and coloring and working with watercolors. I've never really done this kind of thing before. I'm certainly not an artist, but what I'm finding is that I like the end product. I like the colors. I like the, the techniques that I'm using, and I like seeing that I'm improving. I started out with tracing pictures using carbon paper, and now I'm finding that I can start to freehand and trace or sketch out um, images, and they look somewhat like what they're supposed to look like. So that's it builds my self-esteem a little bit, um, but it's also something that's very quieting for me and calming for me. So um, hobbies are very important exercise. I know that's this terrible word for so many people, but you know, exercise doesn't have to mean going out and running two miles or um, doing 50 sit-ups and 100 push-ups. Exercise can mean many things. It can be dancing, gardening, uh, deep cleaning your house. It can be 
uh, picking up a game of tennis with a friend, shooting some hoops with your kids, going for a bike ride with a group of ladies. I've just recently joined a cycling club, which is basically a group of ladies um, that twice a week get together and go riding around a golf course. Um, and that's filling um, a support system deposit as well as an exercise uh, deposit. So it doesn't have to be that intense, I'm going to be, you know, Miss Bodybuilder America, um, but it's moving your body, getting those endorphins moving. Having and building authentic relationships is a deposit. Those authentic relationships are in your family, they're in your friends, uh, they're in people you go to church with. Perhaps for some of you, they are people that you um, work with. Um, some of us like to keep our personal and professional lives separate, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's many areas that you can find people that you are going to build an authentic relationship with. Now, here's what you need to know about the difference between having an acquaintance and having a friendship in which you build an authentic relationship. What do I mean by authentic? Authentic is that you're willing to be vulnerable. Authentic is that you're willing to speak your truth in trust and confidence. Um, it is your willingness to hear another person's truth without judgment and holding it in confidence. Um, it is your ability to receive their feedback without personalizing or feeling criticized, knowing that this is a relationship that's based in love and respect, and that they are speaking truth into you for your benefit, for your edification. So building those authentic relationships is a huge deposit. Practicing good hygiene. Now, I will tell you that um, one of the first things from a therapeutic uh, point of view that we look at when we are working with somebody that we think may be depressed or that we know is depressed, and so each time we meet, we look for certain things. Can you tell if that client has been showering? Are they you know, wearing the same clothes or are they changing? Are their clothes clean? Uh, does it look like their teeth are brushed? Are they taking care of their hair? Um, these are indicators of, uh, of depression if they're not being done. And so that is something that you need to be aware of, but also getting up, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, putting on some clothes that you feel good in, not necessarily all the time that you feel comfortable in, or we'd all be walking around in yoga pants and sweats 24-7, which I wouldn't mind one bit. Um, but sometimes it feels good to put on that that bright colored shirt or that nice dress or the those really uh, well-fitting pair of pants and a shirt you you stand different, you hold yourself different, uh, put makeup on, fix your hair. Um, it just makes a difference in how you walk through your day 
more than likely you'll get a compliment, um, especially if you don't do that very often, which of course is going to be uh, an esteem builder. So um, good hygiene is important. Another deposit that you can choose to make is journaling. And you know, I had somebody say the other day, nobody, nobody does diaries today. Well, okay, we don't call it a diary, but journaling basically is that. And here's the thing that I want to say about journaling. It does not have to be every single day. It does not have to be um, perfect. It can be bullet points. It can be random, uh, just uh, vomiting on paper is what I call it. Um, journaling can be writing a letter to God and waiting to hear if he gives you something back that you can hear in your spirit and writing that out. It can be keeping a prayer journal. Um, it can be like a diary, dear diary, right? It can be writing a letter. Uh, there may be somebody that, um, Maybe you've lost somebody in your life. You lost a parent. It may be writing your, your mom that you lost when you were 22 and writing to her. And that's how you journal as if you're speaking to her. But what journaling does is that it allows us to take all that stuff that's building up in our heads and get it down on paper. And when we do that, when we put pen to paper, Things come out that we don't even realize that we're struggling with or that we're holding on to. Um, we're able to work problems out. We're able to work out some of our thought processes. Um, and it also gives our brain a chance to, to relax and let go because our brain doesn't feel then the need to hold on to that information and to continue to process it. So journaling is, is an amazing tool. Um, and another deposit that you can do is practicing gratitude. I am going to be doing a podcast specifically on gratitude where we're going to talk at the, talk about that at more length. But, um, one simple tool that you can do is to keep a gratitude journal, keep it somewhere where it's easily accessible, perhaps on the kitchen counter or in your bedroom on your night nightstand. Um, and every time you think of something that you're grateful for, every time you feel something that brings you joy, jot that down. Maybe you keep it in your phone. Um, but this is, this is a way for you to walk through your day looking for the positives, looking for things to be grateful for. Um, and my challenge is that you attempt to find three things per day that you're grateful for, but you can't repeat those three things. So every day you'll be looking for three different things. And it does become challenging because there's some days that are just not fun. Um, so it may be the wind blowing across your face. It may be, I got to eat that great piece of chocolate today. Um, so 
whatever it is that you can find in your day, you may have days that you have five, six, or seven things to put on your list. And by all means, do so. Um, but gratitude is something that is really um, a good deposit because it changes your perspective. It changes the way you look at the world. Now, we do have withdrawals that happen naturally, and we have withdrawals that happen by our choices. Now, I'm going to go through these withdrawals, and then we'll talk about the importance of balancing the deposits versus the withdrawals. So one withdrawal would be not having a schedule. So your day feels frantic, you are forgetting things, you're running late for appointments, you forget to make that phone call, um, you don't complete the tasks that you were supposed to complete by a certain time, which adds stress. So not having a schedule can certainly be a withdrawal to your emotional bank account. Um, a lack of clear goals, and those goals can be daily goals, they can be um, they can be spiritual goals. They can be yearly goals. They can be relationship goals, uh, uh, career goals. Um, but it's important to have intention. It's important to have um, a clear finish line, something that you're working towards. And once you've set a goal, that doesn't mean that as time goes forward, you can't edit that goal. What's important is having the goal itself. Poor sleep. So we talked about having a good night's sleep as a deposit, not getting the sleep that you need for your body to recharge and to regenerate, for your mind to regenerate is going to be a withdrawal. You know how your days go if you've had insomnia and I'll be honest, I'm in my menopause days and insomnia does plague me from time to time. And it it affects me. It affects my memory. It affects my moods. It affects my energy level. Uh, it affects the way I concentrate. Um, my schedule goes off track. Um, so having a good night's sleep is very important and, and having poor sleep is going to be a withdrawal. We talked about medication management. If you're not managing your medication well, if you're not taking it as prescribed, it's not going to do the job that it was meant to do. So it is important that you stay on top of that. And sometimes you might be on the wrong medication. And what I mean by that is um, if you have been diagnosed with a sinus infection, and the doctors prescribed an antibiotic for you. And five days into that antibiotic, your symptoms have not improved at all. Then you probably need to be getting back in touch with your doctor and, and getting rechecked. Um, this is very common with antidepressants. There are many different antidepressants out there, and they're not all one size fits all. Uh, they don't work the same for everybody. So staying in touch with your doctor and working through whether or not that medication's working the way it should be working, uh, they may need to adjust the dosage. They may need to change the time of day that you take it. They may need to change the medication altogether. 
What is important is that any decision about your medication that you're going to make in terms of change must be done with your doctor. To just stop taking something like an antidepressant, it can be dangerous. Um, and so I would never, ever suggest that you take it upon yourself to make a change to your medications without speaking to your doctor first and working in tandem with your doctor. Another withdrawal is remaining sedentary, just sitting in front of the TV, just sitting in front of the video games, just sitting in front of the computer, uh, staying on your phone all day and, and doing nothing. Um, it affects your energy level. It affects your, your ability to get your goals completed. It affects your, um, your, it can affect, affect your sense of self-worth. Uh, it can keep you in a state of depression. Um, it's, it's just not a healthy, um, space to be in. Um, obsession and compulsion. Now, I'm not talking just about anybody that might struggle with OCD. And, and that's where a lot of you may have gone in your mind. What I'm talking about is, um, when you become obsessed about something and your brain is just going 24 seven about this particular subject, uh, somebody that struggles with addiction are, is going to understand obsession and compulsion differently than somebody who struggles with OCD. Um, you may be somebody that is codependent and you are obsessively thinking about that person that you are codependent on, that relationship. It is absolutely draining emotionally, particularly, but then it has a physical effect on you. Um, and then if you act compulsively, if you're acting on, on just what you feel in the moment, what you want in the moment and not thinking it through, not playing the tape through, not thinking about what the consequences of that choice are going to be. So you may get an immediate feel good response if you act compulsively, but then you're going to be left with consequences that come after it. And that's where the draining comes from. So somebody that struggles with addiction, if you take that first drink, that first drink may feel great, but then you have to deal with the relapse, right? You have to deal with the consequences of your family's disappointment. Um, compulsion in calling that person that you're obsessing about. Uh, if you're being compulsive about shopping, you may overspend. So obsession and compulsion absolutely will drain you and will have consequences that are, can be long lasting. So it's, it's almost like having this, um, uh, faucet that drips water. It doesn't feel like a lot, but if you put a bucket under that faucet, you'd find at the end of a week, it had quite a bit of water in it. That's your energy just sapping out one little drop at a time. Toxic relationships. They are absolutely draining. 
that person that comes into your life and is nothing but negative, or that person that is controlling, or that person that is abusive verbally, emotionally, psychologically, or worse yet, physically. And I won't say worse yet, because sometimes that emotional and psychological abuse can be worse than the physical abuse. Toxic relationships can be found in the workplace. You may find that your workplace in general is toxic and, and you might need to find a new job. You may find that, um, the group of people that you hang out with, the, the friends that you have, that when you're with them, you tend to act out of character. That's because you're surrounded by some type of toxicity that goes against your value system. You may have to think about those relationships and whether or not they're healthy for you or do they drain from you. Another withdrawal, poor hygiene. So we already talked about how it can really help you um, if you if you invest in hygiene. And I talked about the fact that, that poor hygiene is an indicator of depression. So, um, you know, think about if you haven't taken a shower, if you haven't brushed your teeth, if you haven't gotten dressed, are you likely to go out and socialize? Are you likely to go out and be uh, constructive in your day, go out of the house, um, you know, do your shopping, running your errands? Um, what about going to work? Are you as productive in work as you would be if you had gotten yourself uh, dressed appropriately and, and ready for the day? Probably not. And this can be a withdrawal because there's a lack of... Um, uh, productivity, right? So, uh, poor hygiene. Another withdrawal would be isolation. Isolation is just, it isn't just lonely. It can be actually destructive. And I'm not talking about taking alone time. I know that I'm a person that I need some alone time. I need some me time. That would be a deposit for me is carving out that time to be alone with myself or to, I, I often say I'm going to go have a date with God and I take my journal and my Bible and my headphones and I find a quiet place by the beach or by the water, um, or in a park in the woods. And I'd spend time with God and that's very rejuvenating for me and it fills me. So that would be a deposit for me. When I talk about isolation, I'm not talking about that kind of alone time. Isolation is when you are, for some reason, keeping yourself away from other people. Uh, you may be getting invited to join your friends for lunch or to uh, go to somebody's home for dinner or to be a part of that cycling club. Um, and, and you keep yourself locked in the house and you're not answering the phone. There's a reason that you're doing that. Um, it's certainly a withdrawal because we were created to be in community. There have been scientific studies that show that we need people, babies that are not 
touched, that are not held, that are not nurtured, they have developmental delays. In fact, there are babies who have died from lack of touch. They've been provided nutrition. They have, um, you know, had their, their diapers changed. So those physical needs have been met, but the actual nurturing was not met and babies have died. They've, they've failed to thrive. So isolation, um, can absolutely be a withdrawal because it, it does not give you the interaction and the community that we were created to have. Another withdrawal is going to be spiritual bankruptcy. I don't know where you are spiritually. I don't know what you believe spiritually. What I do know is we are meant to work on our spiritual lives, just like we exercise our bodies to maintain our muscles and tone and to maintain our flexibility. Uh, we feed our bodies nutritionally so that we have the minerals and the vitamins and the fiber and everything that we need to have healthy cells and healthy tissues and healthy organs. Spiritually, we need to feed ourselves. Spiritually, we need to exercise ourselves. For me, what that looks like is spending time in prayer, spending time in the word, uh, I fellowship with other believers. I, I do service work within my, uh, church community or within other ministries. Um, I am available to people for prayer or for just being a friend. Um, I am staying in touch with my God. I'm staying in touch with the Lord. Um, I am spending time journaling. I'm spending time reading devotionals, uh, reading books that build me in my spiritual life that challenge me to consider, uh, things that I might not have considered before. Um, and those challenges might direct me back to the word of God to be sure that this isn't just man saying this, but that it is, in fact, following the word of God, which I believe is God breathed. And, and that is our, our litmus test, if you will. Um, perhaps you stopped going to church. That, that goes back to fellowshipping with, with like-minded, um, people, fellowshipping with brothers and sisters, um, having worship music listening to that worship music and, and being filled and listening to the lyrics. Oftentimes the lyrics are coming straight from the word. Um, they're reminding us of who God is and who he is to us and who we are to him. Uh, so spiritual bankruptcy can absolutely, it can bankrupt you emotionally if it goes too far. Um, not having coping skills. Listen, we're all going to have stressors in our lives. We're all going to go through at least one grief process in our life. We're all going to have financial struggles. We're all going to have times when we might be anxious or when we might be angry. We might have an argument with somebody. We need coping skills to manage those situations. We need to have healthy coping skills so that we 
can communicate appropriately, so that we can ask for what we need, so that we can manage the times when we're told no or when we may feel rejected or abandoned. We need coping skills to deal with the anxiety. We need coping skills to deal with the stressors of our day, children that are you know, getting on our last nerve because it's summertime and they're bored and they've got a million things to do, but they're looking to you to fill their boredom. When you've got your normal day-to-day responsibilities, I know that there were so many people at the end of the school year when children weren't going to the classroom who work from home, are trying to homeschool their children, which by the way, they had never homeschooled before are having to figure out all of this new technology that they'd never had experience with before, cooped up in the house, can't get out, can't socialize, basically were isolated. Think about all those withdrawals that were happening during COVID. And and if you don't have coping skills, then how are you making deposits? How are you refilling that emotional bank account? So having coping skills is going to be very important. Unmanaged stress. Well, this comes down to a defense mechanism that I um, know as avoidance. Unmanaged stress. If you're not managing stress, it's because you're avoiding it. And you're avoiding it because it's uncomfortable. But here's the truth is the stress isn't going to go away if you avoid it. You have to deal with it, whether it's putting it into perspective, uh, deciding whether or not it's worth stressing over. Um, maybe you need to have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody and you're afraid to do that because you don't like confrontation. So you might need to work on your communication skills. Um, maybe you've never journaled and you just don't even, I, when I say the word journal, you cringe journaling might be a way to get some of that stress out. Exercising might be a way of getting that stress out. Having acceptance that somebody that is causing you stress is who they are and they're not going to change and you can't make them change. So you have a choice to make. You can accept them as they are and, and deal with them at that place Or you can decide that that's a toxic relationship and it's one that you've got to keep to a minimum or completely get rid of. If the stress is your job and the stress is depleting you emotionally, is that job worth having or do you need to look for a new job? I don't know what your stressors are. For some of us, we have stressors that We have to move through. We have to go through. Just like those mothers that were homeschooling their children while working from home, being isolated, they didn't have a choice about there. Their children had to finish the school year. They had to do their job in order to pay the bills. They were isolated because of COVID. There was nothing that could be done about those particular stressors. That's why the coping skills were so important. That's why changing perspective is so important. These are things that are, that are deposits that you make that will balance out that withdrawal. So deposits versus withdrawals. 
You have a bank account. Most of you do. You obviously want to have more deposits than you do withdrawals. And if you look at it from a day to day and all you're trying to do is keep it even so that it it's like a nonprofit organization and you have um, a zero balance at the end of the day and, and you're just happy that you're not in the red, um, that's great. But I think that takes an awful lot of work because you're consciously thinking about, okay, how am I offsetting that withdrawal? What do I need to do to, to uh, make a deposit? And you're having to put too much um, time and energy into balancing that out. So I think if you're actively looking for ways of making as many deposits as you can um, on a day-to-day basis, then you have the ability to have an account that is um, flush, if you will, uh, that you have a lot of uh, excess um, resources available to you. So you you have to know that withdrawals are going to come and you'll have the ability to manage those withdrawals after you've practiced some of these things long enough. But in the meantime, you can be doing daily things that are going to make deposits in your day that are going to add up and you're going to build this nice safety net, this nice nest, if you will, um, just like you do your bank account. You're, you never know when an emergency is going to come up. So if you're building those relationships on a regular basis, if you're exercising, if you're on top of your medication and your physical health, if you are practicing um, gratitude, if you're practicing good hygiene, these things, if you're doing on a regular basis and they will become very normal, then, then you should be set up in a good space for when the withdrawals come and look at the withdrawals that we talked about. There are things that you can just resolve right now, get them out of your life so that they don't have to be withdrawals on your emotional bank account. So again, we have to take into account that events happen naturally through our days that are positive and that are negative, that are going to affect our balance. But we have to be prepared to respond so that we don't go bankrupt. Because when we go bankrupt, that's when we become desperate. That's when we become um, uh, compulsive um, or obsessive. Or we start making decisions that are based on um, poor thinking, that that uh, that bankrupt attitude, um, and then we're going to end up having consequences for that. <clears throat> we don't want to be reactive; we want to be responsive. What can bankruptcy lead to? Well, it can lead to a poor attitude. It can lead to poor mental and emotional health. It can absolutely lead to a breakdown in interpersonal relationships. Uh, You could lose your job over it because of your attitude, because of your work um, ethic, because of your performance, because you're so depleted in, in all these areas of your life. Uh, for some people, it can absolutely lead to legal consequences, substance abuse, poor physical health, and just an overall feeling of low self-esteem, low self-worth, and for some people, hopelessness. 
Bankruptcy is not someplace you have to go to. You can make choices to avoid it. Natural withdrawals can be a negative interaction that you are not prepared for, like illnesses, unforeseen stress on the job or in the home, or like we've talked about, COVID-19. And listen, what happened on the heels of COVID-19 is all of this, this, the racial tension that is happening in our country right now, and these conversations that are happening, and Perhaps you were one of the the people that were affected by the looting, um, or you are um, fighting for equality and you're fighting for your children, or perhaps you're one of the individuals that's trying to understand what does this all mean and what part did I have in the problem or in the solution? Maybe... Maybe you were just so withdrawn because of the COVID experience that you don't have the emotional capacity to show compassion or empathy for what's happening in this other area of what's going on in our country. And oh, let's add politics on top of it because we're coming into an election. So there's lots of conspiracies going around and to be honest with you, I can't even watch the news right now. It's it's absolutely depleting for me. I check headlines. I check the things that are important, but I don't get sucked into the social media and I don't get sucked into the he said, she said, and, and just the craziness that's happening out there. And I try to stay informed enough to make the right decision or to enter into conversations that are appropriate for me. Um, but even I have made mistakes in that and I've had to make amends for that. Um, and, and that was absolutely a with a, a withdrawal. But when I made the amends, when I was willing to have the uncomfortable conversation, when I was willing to accept responsibility, that was a deposit. Um, so we have to be prepared for those unforeseen, um, stressors that come into our life. Natural deposits can be having a positive encounter unexpectedly. Having somebody come up to you in the store and say, wow, I really like your hair, or I really like that outfit, or I saw you do that for that young man. And that was great. That I, I, that inspired me. That's a, that's a natural deposit. Uh, being affirmed at work, having a positive a- attitude allows you to see the world around you differently. Listening to uplifting music, um, elevated endorphins when exercising. These are all deposits that are um, naturally occurring or unexpected and that are fairly easy to come by. Adding to your deposits intentionally as a preemptive measure, taking into consideration that we may have unexpected withdrawals is always going to be a good idea. So what I would ask you to do is to do a self-inventory. Get clear on your emotional financial stability. Look at your spreadsheet, if you will. Look at your financial spreadsheet, but look at it from an emotional uh, bank account perspective. Are you in good shape? Are you in the red? Are you in the black? 
If not, what are some things that you can do to increase the balance in your emotional bank account? And be creative with the ideas that you come up with. Perhaps you need to find some new hobbies. Perhaps you need to call up those friends and start meeting regularly. Maybe you need to um, think of new ways that you can exercise to build those endorphins. Change one thing in your eating habits. Change how you go to bed at night, your sleep routine. There are things that you can do. So get busy building that account. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and give me a five-star rating and share it with your friends and family. If you have comments or suggestions for future podcasts, you can also find me at SaltyTherapy.com and at SaltyTherapy on Instagram and Facebook. Peace and joy. See you next week.